0: What did you eat for breakfast?
1: Ooh, um, I did some tofu with um, squash, and then I had radishes and cucumber and vinaigrette salad. <laughs> you
0: are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. Business. Interview. minds. Encouragement. Constant, constant improvement. Analysis. 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 Digital. Analysis. Analysis. Musicians. Musician. Recommendation. 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 Promotion. promotion. Entrepreneurship. Entreprenuous. Entrepreneurship. Entreprenuous. Live shows. <laughs> music, <tourism>. touring, <laughs> Streaming.
2: Streaming.
0: Overcoming. So both. Then that design this episode is sponsored by the skinny armadillo print company located in fort worth texas you may remember i talked to justin back in episode five about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com that's eight one seven five four six one four three zero, or visit theskinnyarmadillo dot com. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast by signing up to the mailing list at terms dot com. There you will find show notes to every episode and links to other resources. Welcome to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Episode 39 features Nika Comet, one half of Chase the Comet, an LA-based rock-metal duo that made a brave jump to move from their home of Moscow, Russia, to follow the American dream of hustle and entrepreneurship to bring their music to the world. Nika talks us through growing up in a theatrical family, being in bands in high school, and working as session musicians. She tells us the challenges of finding band members with the same goals and vision why being a duo is the best situation right now, and also she shares her experiences with mental health. This interview is a great insight into an upcoming band with great songs and illustrates the importance of sacrifice and the drive to see your ultimate vision through. Welcome to another episode of Music on Your Own Terms. I'm joined today by, hopefully I pronounced this right, Nika? Yeah. Cool. From Chase the Comet. How are you doing?
1: i'm doing great what about you awesome
0: i'm doing very well thank you
1: um
0: so let's get started and uh, if you could just like introduce your band what you do in the band and like how it sounds that would be great
1: uh sure uh so we're called chase the comet and uh, i sing for chase the comet i also write songs um and uh, um some people say we sound like uh, Evanescence, if it's our heavier stuff, our lighter stuff sounds uh, like Paramore uh, and our super light stuff sounds like Halsey, so we have a pretty wide range of music for all moods and for all types of listeners, ranging from, uh, you know, pop metal or alternative rock going to indie pop Mm -hmm. and uh we're originally from Russia, Moscow. Um, we took a one-way ticket to Los Angeles four years ago. Almost exactly four years ago, actually. It was uh, January 18th. Um, and uh, Chase the Comet has existed as a project since 2017. So it's pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, before Chase the Comet, our band was called My Rock Band and before that The Sun. So. Alex and I, um, since there's only two of us in the band, uh, we've been playing together uh, since high school, uh, back in 2005.
0: Mm-hmm. You're making me feel old. But, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> when, when I'm telling these things to people, they're like, oh, you guys have been... Have been out there for a while, I'm like, yeah, the problem is that we changed our band name so many times that nobody even fucking cares. Oops. Right. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> I just have that's fine, I just put the uh, the expletive uh, tag on, on the iTunes thing, so
1: Oh really? okay, okay. I'll no try problem. I'll try not to swear. It
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> that's the great thing about podcasts. There's no as long as you have that tag it's it's all good.
1: So. OK, OK, cool. Well that's cool. So how did, how
0: did you guys meet in high school?
1: Um, yeah, I'm uh, originally from a smaller town in Russia. And uh, when I was 14, my parents moved to Moscow. So I had to go to the new school, you know, that mm-hmm. feeling of not having friends and being in a new town. Um, it was pretty stressful. But, you know, I made friends and um, I, I got invited to sing in a band, which I didn't really want to do. But I was like, eh, whatever, I mean, we're hanging out, we're drinking some beer, a lot of boys. So <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'll just keep, keep this thing going. And then, you know, like, what? 15 years later, I find myself in Los Angeles. And it turns out that I, I didn't really stress out that much, you know, moving to a mm-hmm. new town since I did it again. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can t- totally uh, agree and relate because uh, I moved from the UK to New England, and then a couple of months, a uh, couple, uh, li- a year and a half ago, we moved to uh, Texas. So I've done the, you know, thousands of miles, you know, displacement a couple of times, but it's 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 yeah, it's cool. You get to see new places. Yeah. But what what prompted the move? You know, that's such a severe move. Um, what prompted that?
1: Um. Well, first, I think it's the mentality. A lot of Russian people, uh, especially of my age, of my generation, you know, we were born in the USSR. And we didn't really get to live in that country because, you know, like a few years after we were born, uh, it was a totally different country. And in that new country, they thought Mm -hmm. that everything best comes from America. You know, the USSR has been such a just a different thing, you know, and it was always that um, rivalry, you know and so when we grew up in that new Russia you know, all the cool expensive things came from America and people people thought that you know, once you're in America, like all your problems are gone, all your dreams come true, you know because in fact I mean, there's plenty of opportunities here that you don't have there but at the same time Nobody's going to tell you about, you know, some hidden things that you don't know about when you live in a different country, right? Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, when we watched all those like movies and stuff, we would think, oh, so you just come there and, and you work as a waitress in a restaurant and then you get noticed and then you star in a movie and then you buy a house with a huge pool, you know, something like that. You don't really understand that. There's a whole different system here that people have to like uh, do loans, you know, for those houses. For example, right. you know that they have to like build their credit score. And and in, in the UK, I guess it's a very different thing too, right? So mm-hmm. it's just
0: yeah, they they want I, I I from you know not to get political, but I think the politics is moving towards trying to get all the U.S. Um, healthcare system and all that stuff into the uk but yeah i i totally feel that it's you know i i saw a lot of uh, us tv growing up and it was definitely uh, marketed very well
1: yeah yeah we'll say that well these guys know how to market themselves what can we say oh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah i guess that was kind of always just sitting there and telling us you know if you were in america things would have gone differently for you and so you know, I figured, okay, at least, you know, I'll go and try and see, then I would just sit and regret here and just keep saying to people, oh, we should have been born in a different place. Oh, the industry there is so different. You just get signed and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we came to check it, and, and, you know, we were doing it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. and, And, um, I think you've, uh, you've done really well on your uh, social media it it seems like you you've got the uh kind of the the uh strategies down really well i mean you, you know i sent you a message when we kind of uh friended each other and and uh you sent me a video message personally back and i thought that was really well done you know it was very it was very nice for someone to reach out like that, but I think that's the point. A lot of marketers say, you know, social media is social. You have to be person to person rather than one to many. And I think um, that. Do do you find that that technique is is gaining you a lot of fans that stay longer than just the casual fan? Ah. Uh... or is that just because you know I I'm I have a podcast. I mean I don't know if that's a regular thing you do, but.
1: I try to, you know, I try to because um, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a different technique. And I believe that back in the day when artists, again, could be just signed to a label and then just do, you know, whatever they needed to do, go on tour, you know, record Things and they they were not really involved into fan interaction because the mm. label would take care of the finances and everything. But when you're independent, um, well, let's look at it from the point of view of business. You know, you have a direct fan to artist interaction. So if you're not talking to your fans, who the fuck you're doing this thing for?
0: Right. Totally.
1: Right. So. And potentially, you know, when people discover me on Instagram, of course, they're not fans to start with, because a lot of people learn the difference between fans and followers, you know, the second ones to start with, they can be bought The Mm -hmm. fans, you know, it's people who, who support you and not necessarily monetarily, but, you know, they can share your music and all that. So. As an artist, I feel the necessity to connect with my fans. And second thing is, you know, since we've been doing music for quite a long time. And, uh, you know, as musicians, we had success in Russia because we we worked as, you know, session musicians. Alex would... Mm -hmm. um, he played in a band that opened up for Metallica and Linkin Park and Muse. Cool. And, uh, you know, he played at stadiums. So it was a really high level. I recorded vocals in studios, and but it was not our music. Right. You know what I mean? So our musicianship level was good to be paid for it, but we were not able to, you know, to earn money with our music. We didn't tour that m- much as we wanted to. So, um... We had a lot of friends, we would invite them, but, you know, honestly, it's not friends who support your music. It's fans. And at some point I figured, especially, you know, being being, uh, disconnected from most of my friends there, I figured that my best friends are the people who care about what I care most. And I care about my music because I Mm. think it's good enough to be heard. And so I was really grateful. I really, every time, you know, people would reach out to me saying, hey, thank you for your music, you know, and and that would mean so much to me. Like, I literally, seriously, I'm like, I'm going to cry because this is so important. Like, Mm. how can I not respond to a person who listened to my music? This is like, wow, really. Like, I'm so grateful to every single person who does that for me, you know? So I'm... I'm always you know that's why i of course I try to if people discover me and, and you know send me a message um I do my best to you know to become friends with them and and that takes a lot of time honestly <laughs> mm-hmm. but For
0: sure.
1: but um i mean i I appreciate this very genuinely mm. so. so do
0: you, so i mean obviously being being an artist and and getting your your own music you you're putting a lot of emotional stuff out there in the first place do you think that working in you know as a professional musician before kind of made you a bit like jaded in a in a sense and then when you decide when you you know moved over here and you started releasing your personal music do you think it made the um the emotional aspect of it like more um you know, more upfront, if it were?
1: I don't know. I think it kind of gave me just uh, more freedom in uh, doing whatever we want to do because we're very genre versatile. And at some mm-hmm. point, people would tell us, you guys don't have a concept. Like, in one song, you sound like Evanescence. In the other song, you sound like Katy Perry. What, what the fuck? Like, you can't market this shit, you know? And... uh we felt we felt very embarrassed by it at some point, but then we thought, listen, you know, people are in different moods. And especially nowadays, I think everybody has their playlists on shuffle, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. And and people want to listen to different music. So um yeah, I think it 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 just gave us the opportunity to think what's best for the song. And not being caged by the necessity to um, satisfy somebody's demand. It's like, you don't like it. Go listen to somebody else. Like, why would I try to satisfy your demand? It's my life. I mean, it's uh, relatively short, you know, in comparison to like trees and planets. So why wouldn't I try to just do what brings me pleasure? Because I honestly can listen to Ask in Alexandria and then listen to 303 and and Kesha, you know? And so I thought, if I do this, if other people that I know can do the same thing, why wouldn't I create music for different moods? Because I can be in different moods.
0: Sure.
1: So, yeah, it just allows us to, to use all different genres. And we even try new genres that we've never tried before, like our last single... I'm rapping there Mm -hmm. and again it's not it's not because we tried to like chase the trend you know hip-hop is super popular it's because we wanted to try something that we haven't really tried before and the other thing is the topic it's about nowadays a modern world and we thought okay what's the best genre to represent this it's you know rapping Mm-hmm. So we did this, and uh, we were very satisfied with the result, you know
0: Cool. Yeah, and I, I think um, also, we're in uncharted territory really because you know when you when you move from the the record label, you know pushing stuff on on people on mass to the one to one that we were talking about, I think you're you're less marketing your music at that point. you're all, you're really marketing your own personal brand which is your personality and I think um, one thing that I did note is you know the two of you like have this you know you you do some really cool videos with costumes and you know it you you really relate to the characters in the videos versus like um, the style of music that you're playing so I think that that's one thing that you're doing very very well
1: thank you I appreciate it you're
0: welcome um, so let's go back, you know, way back. How did you actually get into music in the first place?
1: Um, I've, been, I've been singing since I was a kid because my whole family are actors. Okay. Um, and uh, my mom used to work in a theater. So uh, she would... Uh... <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. Um, I loved that uh, animated movie uh, that's called The Musicians of Bremen. And it's, okay. it's a Russian movie, uh, but I mean, the story is pretty famous, but there's mm-hmm. uh, that special Russian movie from the Soviet times, and I, I, I just, I adored it. And I would sing that song all the time, but the problem was that I was terribly out of tune. Like, terribly. And my actor parents, they, they just couldn't handle it. They were like, you know what? We're not going to listen to this. We're just take her to the choir so they found a choir Mm -hmm. and uh, I had to go to the musical school and uh, I didn't really love anything except for the choir like I had to do solfeggio you know play piano didn't love that Um, and um, yeah but I mean my parents sing so uh, I just kinda and I started performing with my mom you know and when I was 10 uh, we had like, I already performed at big, you know, theaters and um, mm-hmm. places with my mom at different festivals and all that. So by the time I was invited to the band, I already considered myself a pretty, pretty, well, I mean, not a big star, but I I, I had experience, a lot of experience. And um, it, it was kind of funny, you know, how we both went through through this uh, stage evolution because I never really wanted to be on stage. I was pushed, (laughs) you know, and it was something that I had to do. I didn't really have a choice. My mom asked me, do you want to, you know, sing this song with me? I said, yeah, I was like eight or nine. And then I ended up just being, just having to perform with her, you know? Right. And then Alex, um... He started, he started listening to uh, this punk rock band that was a lot like Misfits, but a Russian one. It's called Karol Shut. Okay. Uh, so he started listening to that. But have you ever heard of it?
0: I haven't. What does that mean?
1: Uh, it means king and... Oh, dang. I don't remember the the translation for the second word. Uh, but it's the it's the band name, so I don't think you really translate it. It's called uh, Karol Shut. Okay. So it's like Misfits, horror, punk. Okay with uh some folk uh, s- uh lyrics like uh folk stories, russian folk stories. So Alex sure. when he was 12, he fell in love with this band and then you know, he he thought that he should have his own band. So that's how basically uh that, that's how our first band started. And then later so he started going to the musical school cuz he wanted to. Right. You know, like his parents didn't push him, it was his wish. And then later, um, he started listening to a ska punk band, which was like the Russian version of. Um,
0: no doubt, or.
1: Kinda, but they have the male vocalist was the main person, and they also have a female singer as well. Okay. And so by that time, Alex already wanted to play ska punk. So uh, the drummer that they had at that time was my one of my best friends, like in my new school. And he, he also fell in love with me. And so he's like, I know a perfect singer for the band. So he brought me in. And, yeah, I told you what happened. I was like, ah, whatever, it's not really fun. And, I mean, I, I mean, I've never been into alternative music until I started listening to Linkin Park at 14. Mm. But, you know, as I said, my family are actors. So they're very sophisticated, you know, like jazz and probably like queen was the rockiest thing i've ever heard until you know i got into all this scene right and you know the whole new world Mm. new fantastic point of view so (laughs) yeah
0: that's cool um so i mean is there anything that you could have done like i mean obviously i mean it takes takes a lot from even going to school and and being kind of pushed to oh this is going to be my career now i'm moving across halfway across the world i mean is there was it a case of you didn't really think of anything else or did you get the bug from the time that you went you know started joining bands to a little bit later did you start like oh you know what was there like a group that you heard that you said oh actually no you know what I really want to do this
1: uh,
0: or did it just grow on you
1: I think I think there was a song that Alex wrote and he said um, this is a song that I want you to sing alone mm-hmm. and that song was just magic it was magical and um, yeah it made me stay in that first band and then, you know, we were playing shows and it was pretty fun. You know, like when, imagine when you start just going to shows and especially playing them. And and as a part of the band, I had this special position because, you know, I was not just that one girl in the crowd. I was actually on stage. So, so <laughs> I felt kind of cool. And, um, you know, we drank a lot of beer. We would hang out hang out, and, and, uh, that lasted for quite a long time until, you know, we figured that we actually have to do something, you know? Like, back in the day, we thought we would just have to play, and people, you know, the more we play, the more people would eventually come to our shows, and, uh, and the only thing that we would need to do is to record more new music and play more new shows, Mm. you know? But, um, I mean, it, it's, it's often that people's priorities do not line up with yours. So if you have a big band, you have to, you know, and people grow older and they start finding excuses to not come to practice. So mm-hmm. we changed so many musicians and, you know, probably the most painful change was when we decided to go to States. And it was already the second time that we did this. The first time we came here... In 2014 um, and we were trying to bring the whole band here Mm. so I started I started uh, giving them English classes you know because I was uh, the the person who spoke English since I was a kid you know and I was uh, okay you know I was able to speak with people always so I started giving them classes and we applied for visas it was a whole adventure until when they, they um, our bassist and our drummer, they didn't get their visas, mm. you know? So they couldn't go, and uh, it was very disappointing. So Alex and I went, just two of us, and then we tried to do something, but at that point, I guess we were not that brave to just start playing just two of us, you know? And, mm. But we played acoustic a few times. We played in Central Park, you know, and we... I guess my only regret is that I always waited for life to start, you know? Like, I always thought, oh, it's going to start somewhere, you know? Like, now I'm just preparing, but Mm -hmm. later I'm going to live, I'm going to have all... Everything that I've dreamed of, you know? But, um, yeah, after four months of not doing anything, not being able to, like, create... I mean, we were recording stuff, but we were not playing shows. We were not, we couldn't stay anywhere for a long time. We we didn't have friends. Um, yeah, we just had to come, have to come back. So we, we came back to Russia, but you know, it was, uh, it was kind of weird. Cause we played a lot of shows. We played almost all biggest festivals after we came back and it was just such a huge, you know, energy mm. lift. But then at some point, you know, like people started leaving again and, and, um, yeah, I mean, that idea just never left my mind. Like what if everything was different? So at some point in 2016, I, uh, I mean, in 2015, I got the tickets again. And so, you know, we flew here mm-hmm. and, uh, our most loyal person the third person who we started the band with our bassist who we've we had played with him for 10 years for almost 10 years yeah um so he said he wouldn't go
2: Mm. but i
1: mean it's people people make their choices you can't you know you can't blame them for them and you can't make them change their their themselves you know like if a person says Okay, well, I need guarantees. Do we have any guarantees? Dude, you don't have any damn guarantees ever in your life. You know, right. you just go for it and then you see what happens.
0: This is very true. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about what you do now. So, you you did I saw um you did do a tour uh 2018 with a drummer. Um Yeah. And so are you still playing in the same setup or are you basically just the two of you and doing live shows? Are you doing like backing tracks and stuff like that? Yeah,
1: or? yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And uh, this is actually, you know, this, uh, this whole thing has been building for years because we've always had troubles with drummers. And you know this is understandable like imagine if you play in a band and you're a singer it's like you're in the best position ever you know you get all the attention Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you don't have to carry stuff you know if you're a drummer you have to carry a lot of stuff it takes you a lot of time to practice you actually have to have a place to practice it's just a lot of things you know Mm. And drummers, they usually need a car because otherwise how they would bring their stuff. And, you know, even in Russia, it's it's uh, it was always a problem with a drummer. <laughs>
0: um,
1: though I, uh-huh.
0: I I always found that any drummers I've played with have the smallest cars, like all the guitar players have like SUVs and the the um, the drummers, the one with a Civic. Oh, huh, really? Like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> No, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, No, I think I think probably everybody has a different experience with it. Like we've had friends who would say, "Oh, we've always had problems with bassists." We're like, "Huh, whatever." You know, it's Mm. like we get our own experience. So in Russia, it's very different. You don't have to own a drum kit because most people don't even have money to buy a drum kit. So uh, the club would provide you with the you know the basic setup. Sure. And then you just have to bring cymbals uh, pedal and your snare. Okay. So, you know, this, I think this makes it easier, but here in America, you know, everybody has a drum kit and Mm -hmm. this is kind of like a must. So, um, we tried, I mean, it, it kind of worked again. We had a very good drummer, um, in 2018 and, um, unfortunately we had to part ways because again priorities you know Mm -hmm. like for us band is not a hobby it's not that we get together on a saturday night in a garage to play you know this is our life this is why we're here this is why we haven't seen our family for four years Mm. you know it says something so like i put everything on the map and i'm not ready to play With a person who can only practice once a month before the tour, which is not acceptable for me. Right. You know, and this happened, and I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a woman, but like, I, I have to, I have to talk with people. Like, dude, Mm you have to, you have to realize what you want from your life. Do you want to play in a band? Then you have to do some sacrifices. You know.
0: Absolutely. And so.
1: Yeah, so we decided that we don't want that anymore. We do not want to, like, tell people what to do. We do not want to convince anybody in anything. And again, you know, if you sign up to play with a band because you believe in it, because you like the music, because you like the people, because you genuinely have fun on stage and off stage, that's one thing. But if you expect something... Again, nobody's going to give you any guarantees because people who we worked with, they always expected something from us while they were mm-hmm. sitting on their butts doing nothing, you know. And then they would come to me and say, hey, Nika, what's going on? Why aren't we there, there, there? I'm like, dude, what have you done to get us there? Like, I'm literally tearing my ass off to, to do everything I can, which is Mm -hmm. Simply not possible, you know, when one person is trying to do everything, book a tour, connect with fans, manage social media and work, you know, Mm. it's it's impossible. So if you want something to happen, help me. If you are if you don't agree with my vision, if you think we need to do something else again, do it yourself, you know. So we thought that we, we just we don't want our songs to sit somewhere here. Just because we don't have we we haven't found the right person to play drums, you know, sure. and we discussed we thought, okay, you know for now, while we're still relatively small, you know, we can just tour around if there's always people who are gonna come up to you and say, "Oh, you need a drummer, okay, dude, are you single? Do you have a wife? You know what you need a wife, I can say this too, you know, I can be naughty, but <laughs> it's like it's like. There's still people out there who will love us for our music, not because we have or don't have a drummer.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, the ge- the game has completely changed. There's, there's no, I don't think there's any rules to say you have to have a, a, a typical band set up. I mean, my I, I've been in bands where we've played to backing tracks just because we need to play shows and we can't find a good drummer at the time, so whatever.
1: Exactly. So, so. Do, you, do you play in a band right now?
0: Currently no. I'm uh the band funnily enough the band um I'm helping manage is uh also a horror punk band. Um so Creatures uh-huh. and Chemicals. Uh, my buddy Adam, he's a huge Misfits fan, so but yeah, I'm 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 doing a lot more writing uh at home right now, so that's my focus this year. Um and nice. do, you know playing 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 some guitar on some other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um
1: yeah, that's good. Whatever, you know, whatever makes us happy as yeah. uh, as I sang in uh, our song called Young and Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Oh, is that that's the one where you put on uh, makeup and became old people?
1: Yes. Yes. yes I did that's see that the one. one. <laughs> that's,
0: that's very entertaining. Yeah,
1: awesome. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, just a little addition to the previous uh, sure. uh you know, discussion cuz I I get I can talk a lot. so um, That's good. We actually, we would get this about even a bassist when there were three of us, because we first toured with uh, Alex. So Alex plays guitar and then a drummer. And then people would still come up to us. And the first thing they would say would be, oh, you guys need a bassist. And I'm like, really? This is the only thing that you can tell me after a awesome show that I just put on I mean right. I, really I'm, I'm speechless at some people but at the same at the same time I understand you know people think stereotypes mm-hmm. you know at least I'm grateful that people don't come to me and don't say get out of my country you Russian bitch you know <laughs> people appreciate me and they're curious and I'm mm. uh, super grateful for that <laughs>
0: That's so so you haven't found any of that negativity that anywhere so far.
1: No. It exists
0: unfortunately, but, but yeah, that's that's good. It
1: does, but I guess you know when people see um very diff- very different things from what they're used to see cuz a lot of mm. people uh say you guys first of all you don't look like Russians, you know. And second of all, you don't behave like ones. And that's why I guess their their stereotypes kind of, you know, get um, ruined a bit.
0: But if even even saying you don't look like and you don't act like is still a bit xenophobic, in my opinion.
1: Uh, Maybe, but you know, honestly, I'll tell you this. In uh, the most faraway cities, uh, I mean, like smaller cities somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. we made more on Merch than in any really? other cities. Seriously, people wanted to buy from us. They wanted to support.
0: So the interesting thing that's 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 two points that um I are you familiar with the, the uh, fusion band Mobin, M A R B I N? No. So so are, are you familiar with the aristocrats?
1: Uh well, I don't in, know, it, g- it, in general, it, yes, but with the band no
0: okay so anyway so this band Marvin um, or jazz fusion I just interviewed them on Friday they're uh, they're from Illinois and the so the, fir- the point you just made is like uh, that they, they they do all the little cities they they're road rats they they tour constantly over 200 shows a year and they're going to these little out of the place things and the, you know that their comment was coming from the jazz scene like they, all the big jazz guys said, oh, you know, that that state is a flyover state. We don't want to bother. And they're like, go to these places, and they're like, you know, they've got this redneck coming up to them, quoting, you know, all these obscure jazz references and loving their, their show and, and buying merch, like you said. And, and you know, it's like, don't underestimate um, just how many f- music fans there are in these little places, because... You know, they will definitely come out because honestly, if they, it's a, if it's that small of a town, they really probably don't have too much else going on. So exactly. that show is the thing, of, you know, that makes their week.
1: Exactly.
0: So, yeah. Um, would you say that you would have been able to put this much effort into a project and um, be this, you know, be this focused on it if you didn't move?
1: Um, I don't know. But what I would want to say is that I definitely needed a different mentality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I what I really appreciate about Americans is that they respect um independent, you know, entrepreneurs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh and they love supporting. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about my own culture. You know, we all have our flaws mm-hmm. that, that were not created by us, but by our system, you know, and the flaws sure. in the system. So I'd say, you know, Russian people, even when they try to buy your merch and when they want to support, they will try to trade, you know, which makes me like, dude really I'm I'm not really making any money on this shirt that you're trying to buy right now. I'll well, have to send it to you, you know, by mail. And uh here in America, you know, I had moments when people would just come to me and just like, you know, give me money and like say, "Hey, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing." That's awesome. And um yeah, I also had fans from other countries doing that too, you know, like I had one girl from from Eastern Europe which was, you know, Which was important, because I'm always thinking about, like, uh, the currency rate, you know, and and there's, you know, richer countries and there's, you know, poorer countries. And that girl just sent me, you know, like a tip. And she said, and I said, can I send you something just, you know, to say thank you, like a CD? And she said, no, I don't want anything. I just want to support you guys because I know how hard it is. You know, mm-hmm. to even have a day, because you have to provide for yourself. And you know, if if you're at that point where you, when your art is not bringing you enough money yet to be to not be working on another job, or jobs, because mm-hmm. uh, it's freelance. But still, you know, you have to do sh- chores. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I just really appreciate it. And also, you know, I think America top taught us so much, because in Russia, we were just kind of sitting, you know, smoking our weed, and just like, you know, okay, do you want to go play some music, yeah, let's go, we didn't really have, like, strategy, or, um, we, I can't say we were doing things on an everyday basis, we were mostly chilling, just, you know, having fun, hanging out with friends, and, you know, sometimes bullshitting about things not, happening right you know but when you sit on your butt and don't make things happen they don't happen right and so of course when we came here what we had to do is we had to start hustling as hard as we can and uh yeah i mean i remember when we were recording our first album we both were working two jobs with no days off at all because we would do you know week week uh weekday job and then mm-hmm. during the weekend we would do party characters for kids okay. uh, yeah and and that we needed that to to be able to actually pay for uh for the album for mixing and you know we had to actually come back from work and start recording and you know when people ask me like how do you find time for all for you know for all of this i'm like well, because you know, if you want to get shit done, you get shit done.
0: <laughs> it's a necessity.
1: Yeah, you have to hustle.
0: So, um, the other thing that Marvin said was about sacrifice. Like they are very, very, very good musicians. I mean, they are absolutely top of their game. If you if you ever want to hear shredding on a saxophone, and a guitar at the same time, check them yeah, out. Yeah, um, But me. no, that that's what they said. If if you want to, be you know really good at your instrument and um you know play the things that you have in your head you have to sacrifice you can't you know uh one of the guys basically said you know a a carpenter doesn't you know doesn't build three chairs you know in a year he builds every single day so that's what you got to do with music you have to do every single day and you can't just do uh, the other thing you said, you can't be like a wedding, a good wedding band and a touring band. You have to do one or the other.
1: Yeah, that's true. But it's like with everything else, you know. Like if you, if you, that's another thing that's kind of funny and and that a lot of musicians still have like the old mindset from back in the day. You know, uh, they'd be like, "Oh, but you just need to do this to get signed." But like Steve Jobs didn't think about selling Apple to Microsoft, you know? Nope. And and that's that's exactly what I'm thinking right now. Because I used to be like this. I would be like, oh, we just need to find somebody, you know, to help us. Mm-hmm. No, now I don't need anybody. I mean, I, I would love to have a team, but but then I have to create conditions to be able to pay for this team's work, you know? So I have to do a lot of things myself before... I earn enough money with my business, music business. Yes. So.
0: Absolutely. So you sound like you've read quite a number of books that I've probably read based on what you've just said. So what what are your top five entrepreneurial books? Oh, it actually doesn't have to be entrepreneurial books. What are your top five books you've read?
1: Um, you know, I read a lot of uh, uh, esoteric literature lately. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I would uh, point out um uh, Neil Walsh Conversations with God. I'm not a religious person in a you know, in a religious uh way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe in confessions, but I believe in energy and all that. So I would definitely recommend uh checking that out. Um then from the point of view of music business, yeah, I read I read quite a number of books. Um, one of them was um uh, um uh, I'd recommend Ari Hair and there How it to is. Make
0: It. Have you read the uh the updated version yet?
1: No, no, I yeah, haven't. I got,
0: I haven't ordered it yet, but yeah. Yeah. You know, that's probably the best book out there.
1: Yeah. Um you know what's funny? Uh I was actually uh when I read that book, I had already started, you know, working on my instagram and where that's where we get we have uh you know the biggest following so far Mm -hmm. um and it was kind of funny the day i finished reading that book ari harstan followed me on instagram Mm -hmm. and that's when i realized you know something was happening (laughs) that's karma yeah and then um i also you know if uh if there's any musicians out there who who are ready to do the work um there's uh, a thing called entrepreneur
0: mm-hmm. yep
1: so uh yeah these guys just uh, it's not a book but it's basically just a guide on how to you know how to make money in the music business nowadays but it's basically you know like a business course it you is. have to learn marketing you have to learn social media And uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Uh, But it's like in any other business, you know. It's just unfortunately, there's still so many people out there who think that somebody's going to do things for them. Right. Uh, And, uh, yeah. And, And, you know, they find excuses. You know how many musicians I recommended entrepreneur to? I literally sent them a referral code that gives them 50% off. Nobody used it.
0: Wow. Those guys are, are good. Uh, so I, I went to the um, CD Baby conference last uh, August, and they did a mm-hmm. presentation. I, I, I was in one of their presentations. But the funny part I found... So uh, are you um, building your email list? Um, yeah, kind of. So... The, the, see, that's the thing. I, I love what they do. Um, but you, you kind of have to pick and choose what from all these different courses and books, you know, what advice you really, you know, I don't think you can take everything at, at face value because the entrepreneur guys are saying, you know what, email's dead. You don't need an email list. Everyone's on social media. And then a lot of other people are saying you the number one thing you need is an email list because if Facebook dies, look at MySpace. MySpace, everyone lost their followers, you know. Facebook or Instagram or the next next thing could come up, and you've lost all your fans and you've got to build up up on the next platform. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different opinions about certain things. I would say.
1: Yeah, you just have to figure out for yourself what's what's best for you, what works better mm. for you, and uh, for me, I would say that's why I'm I'm collecting emails, but uh, you know, it's still spam filters. They're all there, you know, and uh, still, it's not everybody gets your email. Or even, for example, mm. you know, somebody may get your email, but since people get so many emails from all different services, like, I don't even check my personal email. Seriously, I don't have time for this, uh, and I don't have time to to clean it, you know? All I check right. is my business email, because that's where my gem is. This is what's important for me, you know? So, um yeah I mean it's just another thing that you can check out as a musician um and um you know work with it and then yeah. and then um, yeah, if we're going back to books, I think uh spenza uh it's uh, esoteric again, it's how to like okay. rewire your brain. I'm not mm. sure I remember the title. But I just listened to this guy on YouTube as well. And you know, if anybody's interested, just Google for Joe Dispenza. Uh he okay. he's uh, um he's American. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, a lot of books like you know uh how to visualize and all that. Um and uh you know, and Napoleon Hill is also pretty famous, you know, think and grow rich, and all that. I've read all those books uh the thing mm-hmm. is that you know first, I believe we all have to you know before trying to build a new house, we have to destroy what's left of the old one
2: mhm
1: and uh, and that's that's not something that happens just like this once you know i I think we have to you know take two steps forward and then we have to take a step back anyway and so even even though i feel like i I was able to build this new personality for myself you know like Mm -hmm. be the person who i've always dreamed to be um i still have to go back sometimes just to remember how to do it again quickly (laughs) I guess, I don't know, because I, I can find a different explanation. This really, really sucks, you know, and especially being a bipolar, uh, it, it just kills me sometimes, seriously. Yeah, but, I mean, we all have to work with with the, what we've been given, right? For sure. So, uh, I, of course, I understand, you know, that everybody has their own roaches in their heads, as mm-hmm. we say in Russian. So, um... Yeah, just uh trying to make it.
0: <laughs> right? Um do you feel comfortable talking about mental health at all or?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So what's bit what's what's been your experience?
1: Um I I've been to some very tough places and uh you know, I figured that the only person who can get me out of there is me. And how you do this is you wish for it. You know, you mm. tell yourself, nobody's gonna help me, but me. And, uh, yeah, I, I I had some, uh, especially, you know, back in Russia, we, uh, we had some, mildly speaking, we had some problems with, uh, uh, you know, overusing some substances, like alcohol, weed, you know, and... And, uh, of course, you know, it really uh, makes your nervous system very, very unstable. Mm. So that doesn't help. Um, yeah, and I, I, I feel like, you know, my experience has helped me a lot. in, Like when we came here in America, I was under so much stress. But what I was telling myself, I was telling myself, uh, you were able to go through these episodes and through that hell, So you can definitely handle this stress, you know, Mm. and like when people feel down, I always, you know, I always try to cheer them up because I know what it's like when you just can't, when you feel you need help. But the problem is that, you know, nobody's going to help you if you don't decide, if you don't decide, hey, you know what? I want to be happy. I don't want this drama in my life anymore, ever. Right. And when you decide this, you know, or with any other situation, because I have a lot of people who would, you know, reach out to me and say, hey, you know, your songs help me out of a dark place. And I'm, I'm happy, you know, that that I can do this with my songs. And also, I'm always ready to, you know, cheer people up. But but I'm not going to drag them out of there. Right. You know, because that's what people have to do themselves. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I still have this and I know, you know, it's very, uh, common. People nowadays have a lot of mental and health problems, uh, psychological things. And, uh, I feel like the only way out of this is to organize yourself. First of all, you have to, you have to want to get out of this. Because a lot of people, I think they just use it as an excuse again. Oh, I'm so sorry, I have this. So do not ask me to be nice. No, that's not a damn excuse. Everybody has their own issues. Mm. And it doesn't make you worse or better than anybody. And there's also people, you know, who try to evoke pity. Like, oh, I need pity because I'm such a pitiful person. No, that sucks. You don't want to be a pitiful person. If you have problems, deal with this shit, you know. So, um, of course, you know, it's good when there's people around you who will support you and help you, but you can't just count on them forever, especially if you're not doing anything yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm still trying to find, you know, that infinite source of happiness inside. Sometimes I do find it, uh, and, and then... You know, two weeks later, I'm crying there in the bed, not being able to get up. But that's okay. It's temporarily.
0: It is. And I, I think the other thing, too, is you'll never be, you know, if, if you are truly happy all the time, then that level of happiness just will become mundane. You know, you need the, you need the ups and downs to make the happy times really good. Because otherwise you've got nothing to compare it to. So, but you, you're definitely not the the first person on the podcast to have that opinion of, you know, it's it's definitely, being you know, recognizing that you have an issue and being mindful of fixing it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you have an issue, if you, and you don't do anything about it, or like people tell you, "Hey, dude, you know what? You need to stop smoking weed," or you know, you need to stop like. Whatever, you know, your people tell you. Like, I try to, med- you know, I meditate and, and do sports because I know that helps me to stay in a good mood, you know, and also, like, food and and just taking care of my environment and all that it, because I know it helps. When people know what helps them but they don't do it, it's kind of weird. You're like, right. dude, so do you want to get out of this situation or what? Do you want drama forever?
0: Well, th- thanks. for sharing that. Sure. Um, towards the end, I like to ask some uh, bigger questions. Sure. Um, what significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you?
1: Um. Well, I think we kind of touched upon this a little bit now.
0: We did. I just wondered if there was any major singular moment that was detrimental.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember. I had. I had pretty severe panic attacks the moment that i told you about and uh that was really scary i was about uh to turn 27 and we even have this song called the 27 club um mm-hmm. uh, right so once we watched we watched the montage of heck uh the movie by kurt Cobain, Mm-hmm. and i had a very very severe panic attack um, so Alex had to walk me outside and I, I just, I couldn't calm down and like, I couldn't find a place. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and again, that was terrible. And every time I was just trying to tell myself that, you know, I want this to happen in the best possible. I, I'm, I want this to end in the best possible way. And I have the power to stop it. It's all within my head mm. and I can stop it. Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to join the 27 Club. Right. So, um, yeah, so I put that in that song. I I, I wrote the lyrics and I said, uh, I want to see tomorrow. Um, yeah, and as I said, what it, what it taught me is it taught me that every time I feel that things are very, very bad, even if it's within my head, I can handle it. So every time there's a problem, I, t- I tell myself, I can handle it, right. calm down a little bit, you know, and fortunately now that I don't have panic attacks anymore, you know, I can always meditate if I feel that I'm over emotional, I just meditate and, you know, I feel, I feel I can handle it, whatever it is. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, so flipping it around, What's been the biggest positive experience you've had that's really pushed you on on this journey?
1: Uh, I, I can't honestly tell you one thing. I guess every time that I see a, an unknown name in my order list on you know, by merch or, or I get a message from a person saying they, they just discovered us wherever and they are totally in love you know or anything um happening i treat it as a little miracle and i guess i'm uh, i haven't lost my ability to be surprised you know to feel true joy and, and kind of you know be grateful mhm so um yeah in general i'm in all with life
0: <laughs> That's great. All right, so the 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 really difficult question What's the fa- what's your favorite food that you've discovered in in uh, the US?
1: Uh almond milk. Really? Yeah, we don't we when we left we didn't have it uh or maybe we had it but it was too expensive. I mm-hmm. mean I I just love the variety of uh vegan products uh they have here in America. It's uh, awesome and it's just it's made it's made it so easy for me. You know, to eat so many things that are tasty and cool. And at the same time, you know, uh, you know, be true to, to like supporting animals and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to reduce my impact on the environment and the planet and soy meat and soy meat. Yeah.
0: So uh, for everyone out there, where, where can people find you and your music?
1: Uh, You can find us on pretty much any social platform. It's Instagram.com slash Chase the Comet. Facebook.com slash Chase the Comet. YouTube.com slash Chase the Comet. So awesome, right? Our name is not taken. And recently, I even started our Twitter account. We We have three followers on Twitter. But I just started it literally the other day. So, guess what the address is? Uh... (laughs)
0: <laughs> the, what is it the the uh the rock band
1: okay i'll save you i'll save you it's twitter.com chase the comet there you go and this is our website as well chase the uh, and this is where you can stream our newest album out of the matrix mm-hmm. for free it's on our website And it also helps us to stay in touch because whoever visits our website, we know that you've been there.
0: (laughs) Yes. That wonderful Facebook pixel.
1: Yep. And that's a good thing because, uh, you know, in case you – because some people can lose track, you know. Their profile on Instagram, as you said, can be deleted or something. Sure. But we are not – we love to stay in touch. So. Awesome. If you guys go to our website chase the, chase the com. you can also leave us your email and uh yeah, and uh we'll connect I can even send you a cool video like I did for Simon. Sure.
0: Um <laughs> so I have to ask what 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 prompted you to uh set up a Twitter account? Do you not feel it's a little uh old hat and I I personally really don't like Twitter. <laughs> So I and I...
1: oh me neither. Me neither. Alex says it's for Trump. He says nobody uses Twitter, nobody cares. It's just for Trump so that everybody could know what he's up to. So <laughs> So I mean I thought and it it's not actually um not just my thought. We um we have a mentor in uh, okay. in the music business. Um maybe you know him. His name's Rick Barker.
0: Oh yeah. I know who he is.
1: Uh yeah, so uh he yeah, we, we get uh like consultations from him sometimes that's and cool. um he believes that the more you're out there mm. the better because you never know how people can discover you. Very true. And that's why, you know, for musicians of course, you know, you, you have to focus on one platform and uh for us I guess it's Instagram but at the same time we create content for youtube and we try to update our facebook regularly as well because you never know where people are going to look for you and imagine if somebody got interest go to facebook or twitter or whatever and then they don't find you that would be right lame for sure yeah so i guess i'll just uh repost stuff from uh, instagram you know and and um of course, I'm not gonna try to like bring all our followers on Twitter, but anyway, you know who's there is there, who's not there is somewhere else. For sure. So that's where we're gonna connect. Absolutely.
0: So um, at the end of the uh, interview, I like to play a song, and what what song did you choose to uh, to play?
1: Uh, well, you heard it already. It's called "Young and Beautiful." It's the opener from uh, our latest album, "Out of the Matrix." Um, and it's, uh, you know, I guess this would be a great finishing point for, for what we've discussed because Mm. it's basically an anthem to enjoying life and, uh, yourself in any age, whatever happens and, you know, staying positive and, uh, yeah, just, you know, having fun.
0: Fantastic. So yeah, I really want to. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. Um,
1: oh, it was a pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much for having me.
0: No problem. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you'll get out to uh, the Dallas area fairly soon. If you, I don't know if oh yes, we can. Uh, we definitely totally meet will. Up. And if you if you do, if you're uh, down for it, you could also. Uh, I'm I'm planning on being at the Austin uh, CD Baby Music Conference in. Uh, I think it's in August this year. So mm-hmm. that's also another option.
1: I'm not going to be there, but we're going to we're going to make it to Dallas and Austin uh earlier this year cuz I'm in the process of booking a tour right now. Oh cool. So um, yeah, and we got a little more surprises uh coming February. Uh some interesting collaborations. Um so uh yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll uh We'll make some buzz. We'll make some noise.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I I wish you continued success and uh, definitely stay in touch.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Simon, for bringing me here. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes because it really helps to get the word out. I think the information that the band's artists and other business people are sharing with me is extremely useful for the musicians community. Don't forget to check out the show notes from this and every other episode at the website at musiconyourownterms.com and while you're there, sign up for the newsletter so you can stay in the loop about upcoming episodes and other events happening with the podcast. As always, keep pushing that needle and be excellent to each other. This is Chase the Comet with Young and Beautiful.
1: Well, as a really that you need Do as you are In fact, you never need a scope to learn this one rule